Hey again, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, that's me. How are you today? That's me. Good, good, good. It's Thursday, man. It's disappointing that football is over with no bowl game. There's no bowl game tonight. There's no NFL game tonight. It's a Thursday with no football on. To my knowledge, going all the way back to the NFL <laughs> Hall of Fame game, which is the first Thursday in, in August. I think it was the Falcons. The Falcons and the Broncos? The Falcons and the Broncos. Sure was. And, uh, yeah, tonight's the first Thursday with absolutely no football on <laughs> since the first Thursday in August. So, whew, I'm just going to rent uh, – Hustlers, watch that. Yeah. Red box. The magazine or the movie? Okay. <laughs> the movie. There's, from, from what I understand, there's very little difference. So, uh, um, <laughs> no, but Jennifer Lopez is going to be nominated for Best Supporting Actress when the Oscars come out next Monday. So this is legitimate art. This isn't, this isn't just a strip club thing. This is legitimate art verified oh, by the a- Academy Awards. You may be able to write this off somehow. I don't know. Um, okay. To the surprise of no one who follows our Twitter page or our podcast or anything that we've ever done ever. Or um, that knows us even remotely. Yeah. Yeah. I tweeted out um, that, hey, we're so excited. We're going to have Caitlin Heffler from Bama Nation on. And we're also, I'm also going to be Bama on Network. with... Bama Network. uh, Bama Network. I said Bama Nation. Bama Network. But she's a member of the Bama Nation. Um, But, but, and I was also going to be a guest on Locked On Broncos. Well, Caitlin, as soon as I tweeted that out, I got a message to her saying, oh, no, I can't do tonight. And we were like, okay, no problem. And I said, we'll still do the pod, and then I'll do the Broncos thing. And as I logged on here, I got a note from the Locked On Broncos people saying they've had something come up, and we got to reschedule to next week. So literally nothing that I tweeted out is true. <laughs> and we could probably say that about both of our uh, uh, tweeting histories, basically anything we say. I mean, it's just never or rarely true. All of it. Um, some, <clears throat> something that is true. Steve Sarkeesian will remain at the University of Alabama while yes. Mississippi State has hired the one, the only, Mike Leach. Your thoughts? He is a one and only. He's a one and only for sure. And and the entertainment quotient in the league has gone up. Mike Leach is entertaining. He says funny things. His press conferences are uh, something to behold. He's also highly controversial. Frankly, he says things that are, uh, I'll just, irresponsible. He says irresponsible things. Uh his treatment of his own players has been called into question, uh, not just at Texas Tech, but like recently. I, I can't remember what he did. Did he call his players at Washington State fat and dumb or something when they lost a game? Uh, hey, I mean, lazy, he, I think. He, he, yeah, lazy. He blamed his players after a loss. Yeah, that's that's not a very Brian or Saban thing to do, is it? So uh, he's controversial. He's entertaining. He basically wins everywhere he's gone. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I don't think. He won the Big 12 when he was at Texas Tech. I, I could be wrong. I might be wrong about that. That Michael Crabtree team was really good. Uh, I don't I don't think they won the Big 12, though. I think Oklahoma still won the Big 12 every year. Uh, so, and I, I, I'm, I'm on board with the hire because I think it's going to excite Mississippi State fans who were sort of now in the shadows of that Lane Kiffin hire at Ole Miss. But, but I, I, I doubt 
I'll say, I doubt this is going to be very successful. As a matter of fact, I'll say, and to some extent, it's a compliment based on the history of Mississippi State football, but I think they're going to have a watch that's stuck on seven and five over there as kind of a ceiling for Mike Leach myself. That's how I see it. Uh, hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. My wife's family, they all love Mississippi State. I, 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 I sort of root for the program when it doesn't have anything to do with Alabama for that reason. And uh, they're, they're, they seem like nice folks. But uh, uh, I, I think they're just kind of perpetually a seven and five team under Leach. But that's that's sort of better than what they've been throughout their history, where where throughout their history, they're really more of a four and eight, five and seven type type team over a, a hundred year look at them. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not crazy about this, but I get it. And I do think it's an improvement over what they had. So, and it will make the league entertaining. Uh, as it relates to Alabama, I'm happy that Sark will likely remain with us uh, for another season. I think, as I stated yesterday on the show, Luke, Sark is the best combination recruiter coach on this staff. Uh, the be- just, just the best guy coaching his spot, coordinating his group, and recruiting. I, I think he's the best combo on the staff. I didn't want to lose him, even though I've got you know nits to pick about some play calls. But I- I'm not a fan of, of of criticizing play calls. I mean, you know, the, the play works or it doesn't. Usually based on execution. And, and I'm not a big fan of complaining about play calls. I'll just say it's going to take me a while to get over the butt, the butt pick against Auburn that I largely blame on Sark because I don't think we should have thrown the ball in that situation at all, and uh, we should have run the ball uh, on that play. But all in all, I, I give Sark an A-plus in the job. Did. Look, we were the highest scoring. That was the highest scoring offense in the history of the University of Alabama. How can you say he didn't? There, there are some people, I've read very small minority people today that don't think Sark's very good. We scored more points than any offense in Alabama history, and some people say, yeah, we've never had receivers and a quarterback like that. Well, that's true. That's true, but there's a difference between having a bunch of talent and actually pulling it <laughs> off. We did have a bunch of talent. We had the great quarterback. We had the great receivers. But, hey, when Tua went out, we put Mac Jones in. We didn't miss a beat. We kept on scoring. We scored 40 against one of the best defenses in the league on the road at, at Auburn. So uh, I, I, I like Sark. I like that he's staying. I get the leech hire at Mississippi State. I don't think it's going to work as well as the Dan Mullen hire did for them. But uh, anyway, those are my rambling thoughts. And uh, and yourself? Well, I, I started looking at uh, his coaching history, thanks to Wikipedia, and it seems his best – finish in the AP poll, no matter where he's the head coach, has been 10, uh, and that was in 2018 at Washington State. He also finished 12th in 2008 at Texas Tech, and they actually tied for the championship with Oklahoma and Texas, and there was a controversial tiebreaker that year, which I totally spaced on. Um, Oklahoma ended up getting the national championship bid, and Texas took the other BCS Bowl bid, and at the time there was a rule that you couldn't have three teams from one conference go to the BCS Bowl. So they, Texas Tech went to the Cotton Bowl and got beat by Ole Miss and beaten rather soundly. Um, but you know what his record what his record tells me he is? He is Gus Malzahn light. He's seven and six. This, this, I'm just going to read his records off since he's been head coach. 
Seven and six, seven and five, nine and five, eight and five, eight and four, nine and three, eight and five, nine and four, eleven and two, eight and four, three and nine, six and seven, three and nine, nine and four, eight and five, nine and four, eleven and two, six and seven. And I mean, look, everybody's in love with the guy because he's interesting. I understand that. Um, a cohort of mine with Sports Blitz Live named Randy is is just he's drools over the guy, just thinks he's fantastic. I, I think he's fine, and I think he's fine for Mississippi State. Do I think Mississippi State becomes a contender? No. Do I think it makes the league a lot more intriguing because now you got Lane Kiffin in Oxford and Mike Leach in Starkville? Of course it is. Um, but, frankly, I, this, is, this is a Mike Price minus the stripper fantasy. I mean, this is what this is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you just you went over the one loss record. Now that's got to be taken in the context of where he's coaching. Am I brain farting here? Hadn't he only been the head coach at Texas Tech and Washington State, or was there? No, that's that's it. But he's going to the southern version of Texas Tech or Washington State right now. He's he only knows how to coach at schools that are not the state schools and are in communities which are considered to be a little bit out there. You know, I mean, I, I think he'll do fine relative to Mississippi State's history, but there's no indication that he's going to show up and win 10, 11 games and, and contend for a playoff spot, uh, you know, based, based on what his record is. I think he just kind of is what he is. And Mississippi State can expect a lot of seven and fives, eight and fours, eight and fours, eight and fours, seven and five, seven and five, six and six. And then maybe, maybe if they let him have 10 years, maybe one time he gets to 10 wins if he, Lucks into a good quarterback. So, uh, nah, it's it's fine. With, I think it's fine. Would they have been better off with Sark? Probably not. Probably not. But, I, you know, Sark was the head coach at USC. You know, at one point in time, Sark was the head coach at USC. I don't think a program like USC would ever hire Mike Leach. You know, so maybe Sark's too big for that job, if, if, if thinking about it in that context. Well, you know, what what maybe Sarkeesian would have been the same as Mike Leach. Maybe so. And I think you're probably right there. Although all things remaining equal, I'd probably prefer to take – if I'm Mississippi State, if I'm a Mississippi State fan, I prefer to take my chances with a guy like Steve Sarkeesian who's, you know, been on national championship staffs, who's been – you know, a head coach at a big time program who has had enough experience now in the South. I mean, yes, Lubbock, I guess, technically is in the South, but it's not really in the Southeast. And no. Steve Sarkeesian's been around here in these battles. Um, and he also has, he also is a recruiter. Mike Leach has never been known as a recruiter. So yep. um, that's another problem. But I'll tell you where they missed the boat. Why didn't they call Bill Clark? At UAB, I, I don't understand. Couldn't agree more. Why in the Couldn't hell, agree more. First of all, Bill Clark would be like Mississippi State. I mean, he, he would be – he is – he's kind of – he is from the South. He's mm-hmm. a, a loyal, um, hardworking, kind of country guy. What the heck was that? Did you just, did you just shoot off fireworks? <laughs> if people want to be real specific, I accidentally dropped a – plastic hanger on the wooden floor so that was that Jeez. fully explains that that was not a crime you're hearing in the background that was not me disposing of a dead body that was not um, that was not what you heard yeah that's definitely not what you heard that's definitely um, not what you heard 
So, yeah, I don't understand why Bill Clark's phone just didn't stay ringing. And, and to the point where he's like, y'all got to quit calling me. I'm staying at UAB. Um, I haven't even heard his name so much as being mentioned with a job, which is bizarre to me. He makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's what he does. They, yeah. he, he does that better than anyone else. He can he he lot like they used to say about Bryant, which wasn't really true, but but it sounded good. You know, he can take his and beat yours, and then he can take yours and beat his. That's that's Bill Clark. He's one of the few coaches that I think can do that. I I, I don't, and, and this is the deal. I think people from around the country know he does a good job at UAB, and, and the media guys they sort of like, wow, I think that Bill Clark guy at UAB is pretty good, uh, pretty pretty impressive what he does there. They don't even know. They don't really know. He. He probably has the worst situation in Conference USA in terms of fan support, facilities, money, recruiting. He's got the worst situation. And you know what he does? He whips them all year after year after year with lesser teams. Uh, I, I think if you gave that guy the keys to a power program where he could recruit anybody he wants and, and, and literally field the team of great players, which he's never had, you know, at the college level. Uh, I, again, I, I know that people would say I'm I'm nuts and it's a projection, but I would tell you that he's one of the ten best coaches in college football. I know that sounds nuts, but I am not. You, can, I, I know it's an unknown as to what he would do. But like, let's say a Georgia, I know it's unknown, but 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 I, I know this. Who who is in the top ten? Pick pick a coach that is in that top 10. Uh, let's go with uh, someone like uh, Lincoln Riley. Definitely a top 10 coach right now. Put Lincoln Riley at UAB. There is no way he would do any better than that. No way. No way. He might do as good, but I doubt it. I doubt it. But he wouldn't do better. I freaking guarantee it. And yeah, probably and neither would Nick Saban, who couldn't recruit there. I mean, you know, Nick Saban's not 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 signing Bryce Young into a tongue of Ilo at UAB. You know, of course, Nick Saban would never be at a UAB. So, so yeah, so, so so there you have it. Cecil Hurd had a great tweet. He said the score of the last Mike Leach versus Lane Kiffin game was ten to seven in favor of Washington State. Kiffin was fired on the tarmac three weeks later. Ed Orgeron <laughs> took over as the USC interim coach. College football is the greatest. He's dead on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's amazing. Um uh, how is how that game was 10 to 7 is completely beyond me. But oh, the Egg Bowl which is low key the best rivalry game. I mean, and I say that now it's not as big Alabama Auburn's big because it it has national implications so often. So does Michigan Ohio State, there's national implications. But in terms of a rivalry where the teams hate each other, where there is big-time animosity in the stands, where the intensity of that game would not matter if both teams were 2-9 and nine or 9-2. Nine and two. It wouldn't change the intensity. Uh, the Egg Bowl is low-key, one of the great rivalry games, if not the best. And now, now we're adding Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach to it. You got to be kidding. I'll tell you who's excited about that. ESPN has been putting that game on Thanksgiving night for a few seasons. Hell, it might be on freaking the CBS primetime game now. I mean, uh, and, and here's something else. Yeah. This all can be traced back to Elijah Moore acting like he's taking no, no, no. a piss in the end zone. No doubt. No. 
no doubt. It led it led directly to Ole Miss losing the game and Matt Luke losing his job. It led to Joe Moorhead keeping his job, which he would have, in my opinion, had had Garrett Schrader not <laughs> broken that, gotten his bone broken in his face, and they beat Louisville. Joe Moorhead would still be the coach at Mississippi State, but. They they were going to fire Moorhead right after. It, to me, it seems apparent based on the loss to Louisville and them firing Moorhead that had Mississippi State lost to Ole Miss, Moorhead would have been fired. The point is, I think the dog pee incident got both coaches fired, both. Because yeah. when Ole Miss then fired Matt Luke and hired Lane Kiffin, now Mississippi State's like, oh, shit. They hired this young, charismatic, exciting coach, and we've got a guy that nobody likes. And he is the opposite of charismatic. So, yeah, Elijah Moore puts another pelt on the wall. I mean, he's he's gotten two guys fired, and uh, he's created uh, inadvertently uh, <laughs> an even bigger rivalry game than uh, it's just just amazing. And that in that game between two very average teams, where there was nothing really on the line for either team, uh, Mississippi State I think had to win to go to a bowl, and they did. Uh, gosh, boy, that dog peeing in the end zone thing changed a lot of stuff. Butterfly effect. Isn't that what they call it? It really does. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, Mike shoot, uh, maybe Lee Tiffin missing, uh, what an extra point and some chip shot field goals against Arkansas in 06. I mean, and, uh, maybe Tim Castile not getting a touchdown in the jumbo package, uh, against Tennessee, stuff like that. You know, it's going to be a great what if. What if Elijah Moore hadn't taken a fake piss, um, and uh, in in that game? I mean, it is it's really amazing. But and it's just like you talked about. They both went from coaches, and we can talk about these two on Locked On Bama because we play these two teams every year. So just FYI. But um, it's amazing that you know what might have happened. <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh, it might have happened. So Elijah Moore doesn't pee. Ole Miss wins. They fire Moorhead. So now Mississippi State's in the coaching search at the traditional coaching time. Does Mississippi State end up with Lane Kiffin? Potentially. And if Mississippi State had Lane Kiffin, now Ole Miss is like, oh crap. They've got this young charismatic coach and they're all excited. And we got a guy that nobody believes is going to win. Then inexplicably out of the blue, a month after they should have, Ole Miss fires Matt Luke and they hire Mike Leach. Well, I think the point being <laughs> that both both teams had coaches that you literally could not pick out of a lineup. I mean, they couldn't even yeah. get arrested in their various towns because nobody knew who the <laughs> hell they were. And now they have two guys who can't leave their houses without bodyguards because everybody knows who they are. It's it's really they have gone to the opposite ends of the spectrum here, and, and still so it, coach in a division with Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, Jimbo Fisher, Gus Malzahn, and that awful hire that Arkansas made that made them even less relevant than they are now, and they've been two and ten two seasons in a row. <laughs> well, it's funny because Arkansas <laughs> continues to Arkansas it up really well, and they um. They they hired Sam Pittman, and Sam Pittman now has been. I, I guess he's involved in that lawsuit by 
the Mays family oh. whose dad like busted his finger up in a folding chair or something. And apparently Pittman in his old school ways said, ah, oh, let's just put some ice on it. And, it, and there was a picture on, on, floating around online that showed his finger literally hanging on by a literal thread, not the proverbial <laughs> thread, a literal <laughs> thread. And um, so I, I kind of get, I mean, if that's the kind of attitude Sam Pittman's going to have, I mean, look, Arkansas at this point, Arkansas might want to give up football for a little bit. They may want to just do like UAB, just give up and regroup and come back in a couple of years. With their facilities and history, there's no reason for both of them to be looking up, at, for Arkansas to be looking up at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and they sort of are right now. They really are. And it's probably about to get worse. That's but, just kind of okay, how so I Miss, see. Well, Mississippi State has now hired Mike Leach, and here's their schedule for next year because – I love looking at future schedules. I just do. Um, they open up with New Mexico. <laughs> That's a strange hobby. Yeah, I know it is. They open up with New Mexico. Then they're at NC State. They got Arkansas at home and Tulane at home and A&M at home. And then they're off. And then things get a little dicey at Alabama, at LSU, Auburn at home, Missouri at home, at Kentucky, Alabama A&M, and at Ole Miss. I say the absolute best they can go with that schedule is six and six. Five and seven. I was going five and seven. I think here's the first thing you have to look at, I think, when 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 you're at Mississippi State in the, in the division they're in and, and just went over the schedule. They have to find their win. First, first they have to find their wins in the non-conference. Do they play anyone in the non-conference that can beat them? And stupidly, they do. <laughs> they play they play NC State. They could lose that game. Heck, they could lose to Tulane, which is under the radar. They've won like two bowl games in a row. This, Tulane's like legit decent. And unless you're a loaded SEC team, you're not just going to trounce over the green wave right now. I, I mean, I would assume Mississippi State beats NC State and Tulane, but you can't assume those two those two wins. So Okay, so now that you, you've got two or three non-conference wins kind of at best, now you look, who do they play in the East? Their every year opponent is Kentucky. Uh, sounds like their rotational opponent is Missouri. Uh, both games, I would say, are winnable for Mississippi State. Both games, winnable. But I wouldn't bet your fortune on it. I mean, whew, I, I look at those as kind of either way, kind of like the NC State game. And then, and then in the West, they're, they're almost certainly going to beat Arkansas, almost certainly, and they, they can beat Ole Miss, but they're unlikely to win those other four. So I'm going to say today, Luke, I'm going five and seven for, for Mississippi State next season, five and seven. I think that's probably fair. Um, but I could see Ole Miss and Mississippi State both being five and six going into the Egg Bowl, winner gets a bowl game, loser sits at home. I mean, I, I see that being very possible in year one for for those teams. God, and I mean, that's the only way that game should be. I mean, frankly, <laughs> it was that's, fun. That, fun. That, that makes that game quite interesting. Um, yeah, like, I mean, it kind of was that way this year because had Ole Miss won the game, even though they wouldn't have had a winning record, my understanding is they had a good APR score. So yeah. Ole Miss was thinking if they won the game, 
and other games played out the way they did, they could end up in a bowl, even at five and seven, uh, assuming there weren't enough bowl eligible teams. Ends up there were enough bowl eligible teams, so it wouldn't have happened for them. But, but yeah, no, that that's that's a good scenario for for having interest in that game higher than higher have, than it would be. How do you have a good APR score yet you have a player that? imitates a dog pissing in the end zone on national television when there's no other game on there was no other game on well it's kind of, it's kind of like if you put, because it'd be kind of like if you put like a typical auburn player uh and 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 put him in a room with stephen hawking you would say wow the average iq in that room is fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah so i think it's like I, that I, I, I got, I got to get that. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was, that was a very good analogy. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm the analogy guy. You taught me this time. I, I, I like it. A uh, couple of Alabama notes. First of all, how about Alabama basketball? I mean, kudos, kudos, kudos. Nice. If, if they just could have held, I mean, I, I hate to be that fan that like can't savor the win. I have to be instead gripe. That's, sure. but that's the nature about of the, the previous Alabama losses. Fan. About the previous Florida loss. I mean, if they had just beaten Florida, we'd be 2-0 and in the SEC sitting pretty. Now, I'll tell you something. The loss to Florida may end up being a good thing. A loss is never good, and I'm trying to paint a pretty yeah. picture here. But Focus. Because Focus. I think we're, go- we're going to go into this Kentucky game, and I don't think we're going to win. Don't get me wrong. But I can see Kentucky taking us for granted at 11 o'clock on a Saturday, and we go in there and we hang around. And maybe we throw in a shot at the end to win it. I can see that happening. I can see it. I don't yeah, think it's, it's not going a vintage to happen. Kentucky team. It's not a vintage no. Kentucky. This is this isn't the Kentucky team that's going to steamroll to the Final Four. I mean, they're capable. They certainly <laughs> got dudes. They got guys that will play in the NBA more so than Alabama's got. But no, it's it's not a vintage Kentucky team. I I, I expect this game to be competitive, and. Most of the time we play Kentucky and Lexington, I do not expect that at all. I expect to be kind of embarrassed and question why the hell I'm even watching it with eight minutes left in the game. But, no, I think it's going to be competitive. Uh, Straight up, who am I betting on? Kentucky. Uh, I don't know what the spread is, but uh, if you're saying Kentucky's favored by eight or ten, I think I'd take the points. I think it's going to be sort of tight. I think it could be, too. Uh, I could also see this game being tight until the very end, and then Kentucky does cover a 10-point spread. I can see that, too. Um, I would be a, a little shocked if Kentucky blew us out, though. Uh, that I, would surprise me, but I wouldn't, like, faint. I mean, well, shouldn't they? I mean, we're in year one. We're in year one. We only got 10 guys. It seems like half of them are sick all the time, and, <laughs> and they're, and they're God, What the by. hell are we eating over there? <laughs> What? I mean, we do seem to be sick a lot. What? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we do. We do. We do have, we, in other words, we have 10 guys, and I'm not even sure most nights that we even have 10 guys. First of all, we are have we 10, but we like never uncooked, really play. We never really play uncooked hard. Korean food every night? I mean, what the hell? We're really playing very few guys. Considering we run the floor the whole 40 minutes. Think of this. We got 10 guys on scholarship, right? But we don't really play Hawkins. So that's nine. And I'll tell you who's kind of playing less and less, and we don't get much out of him anyway, although I think it'd be pretty good one day, and that's Forbes. So yeah. Forbes doesn't really play a lot, so and, and certainly not at crunch time. So that's eight. And I was about to tell you that the eighth guy 
is Galen Smith, and he's not typically a guy giving us a lot, but he did last night. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss him after last night. He was a big part of the win last night. But so really, we have eight. We have eight because we don't depend on Forbes, and we barely play Hawkins, and we don't play any walk-ons. Not in crunch time. Not in while the game's in doubt. So eight guys is what we have. We go to war with eight guys, and we run the floor for 40 minutes. It's it's crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it is. But um, by the way, Forbes did play a pretty good bit last night, and I, it felt like um, yeah, I would guess Nate six Oates, minutes. He played more than Nate six Oates, minutes. It felt like Nate Oates had given him the green light because he fired up some shots. I mean, early on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not shy and, about shooting. It's kind of hard to get that reputation when you play on a team with with Jordan Shack, Jaden Shackelford, though. Shackelford, yeah. he's a chucker. He's like Stanza on Seinfeld. You don't. He is. Don't don't let Shackelford have the ball if he can even see the rim. Because if he can, the ball's going up. <laughs> and I, can, and I and mean I it like sort it. of as a compliment. I mean it sort of as a compliment because some freshmen are like, you don't know. I know I'm open, and you know, but I'm just a freshman, and I didn't know they would leave me this open. And should I really put the ball up here? I mean, that's kind of how most freshmen are. Even guys recruited to play in the SEC, but Shackelford. Whew. He, he shots to him are like it's like a party at Playboy Mansion. He's I walking mean, I, in the Playboy and, Mansion and and uh, every everything looks good. <laughs> so well, double team, he, triple team, put it up. You know, Back to the basket, put it up. He's averaging twelve and almost thirteen points a game. So you know, good for him. Um, and I mean, he's been playing pretty well. Oh. It's still sort of like because the Auburn Vandy game came on right after Alabama Mississippi State. And while we are moving faster and while we are scoring more and while I think we are more have more chemistry than in recent years, there's still something about us outside of a Kyra Lewis, um, you know, 94 foot drive, which he has occasionally that looks like we're still kind of going in slow motion from time to time to me. Even John Petty's um, crossover, which was deadly last night, it was not. It was not Allen Iverson esque. It was no, not like no. you know, doom, doom. it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm my my arms are so long that I can dribble way over here and then bounce it way over here with my other long arm and then step back. And it was like the the defender was confused because of his length, not because of his yeah. speed. Um, and so I and but when I watched Auburn. And Vandy, and Auburn looks like they're moving at another gear than right. we are while we're still playing the same type of, right. of game they are. Um, so, and, and look, that we'll get there. We'll get there. And I think we'll get there once we get some more guys because Shackelford, Jaden Shackelford is a guy who does look faster at times. But, like, I never see big-time speed out of Petty necessarily right. or, out of, or out of Herb Jones. I mean, Herb Jones is a quick twitch guy in terms of he had a nice put-back one-handed dunk last night. Um, he did miss a couple of layups again, you know, but he's playing better. He is definitely playing better. He's only averaging nine points a game, but he's playing better. Um, if Herb, thought, if Herb could shoot like Petty, he would be a first round oh pick in the draft. And yeah. if Petty, if Petty was as athletic as Herb, he would be a first round pick. We have to figure out how to merge the two guys into one guy. Because separately, they're both really flawed. But if you sort of melded them together, like the Wonder Twins or something, if you melded them together, they'd be unstoppable because Herb can D it up. Petty can score. Herb's a great athlete. 
Petty is a good shooter, but whew, separately, Herb Herb can't hit sand chunking it off a camel. And, uh, you know, Petty, Petty's like an incredible basketball player who happens to be like, like a, he's like, he's, he's like got some NBA game in a, uh, in a division two athlete. You know what? Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't think Petty is a super athlete. I, I just think he's a really talented basketball player at a couple of things. And he looks the part. I mean, Petty is a really good shooter. Looks, he looks, he's every bit of six, five, or he certainly looks that way. I mean, he's a tall quality shooter which is why he gets so much attention it's probably why he was a five-star tall quality shooter but and but boy uh oats has turned him into a hustler i'm telling you Petty, oh yeah he's turning into a blue collar player which is pretty much you have to be when you don't out athlete everyone and and oats has kind of gotten to him about that maybe petty ends up with the with a cup of coffee in the nba if he keeps playing this hard but uh I think I think just just being a, a athletically uh, overmatched, I think at the highest levels is, is an issue with him. Whereas Herb is an NBA athlete. That's why when people see Herb, and, and you know Avery thought he'd be an NBA player. Oates has mentioned Herb in the same sentence as the NBA because he's sort of an NBA length, NBA athlete, NBA defender. Dude can't score. He can't score, and that's sort of important at the next level where they they try to score 120 points a night. Uh, sort of a thing. Uh, they sort of insist on having players who can place the ball in, into the basket. That's kind of a thing with them. So don't know how much luck Herb's going to have with the NBA people. Herb couldn't score at Lane Kiffin's grotto. He just couldn't. <laughs> he just couldn't do it. Um, all right, really quickly, because we're we're about to run out of time. But um, yeah. Najee Harris, have you heard anything new there? Is there any chance he's? Still I wouldn't say back? anything new, but let, let's just look at something. You can call this. I'm not going to call it inside scoop, but you know, read between the lines, whatever you want to say. But just just look look at it this way. We're getting closer to the deadline. We're ten days away, and we've heard nothing. And 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 adding two and two together, that that means. He, he is seriously considered in staying. Otherwise, we would know. We know all the others. So I would say, to be fair, we don't want to get too excited. Look what we did. We got too excited about a week ago, and, and, and most of those guys left. Don't get excited. But clearly, Najee is giving serious consideration to staying. So he may. But uh, I would say at this point, I'm – it really is kind of 50-50. And what I, what sure. sucks about this, what really sucks is whichever way he decides, there's going to be some know-it-all fan out there that says, see, I told you. And he doesn't know yet. He doesn't I know. I hate it when people he, do that. I hate it. It, piss, it pisses me off is what it does. And and they'll tell you, like, like this is all a show. I mean, I, I, why is it so hard for some people to grasp the reality of what goes on? I mean, here it is. He doesn't know. If he knew, he would tell us. I know this. I'll say he has not told the coaching staff. He has not told the coaching staff I'm staying or going. He hasn't told them. And it's not because he doesn't give a shit or knows that they don't want to know. He doesn't know. Yet all these people out there be telling you they do know. He's going. We all know he's going. Well, no, they don't. So there you have it. All right, everybody. Tomorrow we will. And I'm not saying to... he's. I'm not saying he's staying. I'm just saying he doesn't know. 
He doesn't know. He clearly hasn't decided, and that's okay. I, I got frustrated and blew a gasket one time. No, I like being the Alabama guy and a lot of friends and listeners to the show and people that send me direct messages or texts of friends, you know, and they, they always want to know what the juniors are doing. And I'm glad to talk about it. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, but I don't know. I didn't know. They didn't know. They don't. And, and there's, there's not somebody somewhere that knows. It's like, all right, Michigan game's over. What are they doing? They don't yeah. know. <laughs> they don't. No, and their minds change. Ruggs' mind changed. Ruggs was going to stay. Tua was going to stay at one point. He was, but his mind changed. That happens when all of us make decisions in our lives. Our minds change over things. Their minds change as information changes, as, you know, an agent shows up that you really believe in, and the agent says, look, look, here's a text uh, with, the, with the GM of the Seahawks. They really dig you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden your mind changes. It happens. Well, so, everybody, roll tide. Yeah. Uh, roll tide, everybody. And we will be back tomorrow, I think. Heck yeah. Not sure. Heck yeah, let's do one tomorrow. Probably. And we'll still get uh, the girls from Bama Network. We're still getting them on the show, both Caitlin Heckler and, Jay, and Jade Saylor. Well, I'm both. It's tough to have them both on at the same time because – Man, it's, it's going to be, you know, me and Luke talk each other over all the time. And then when we have Caitlin on, it's going to be three of us talking over each other. It's just, yeah. it's hard to manage four people on one, on one podcast. So uh, we'll have Caitlin on and then we'll have Jade on uh, separately. All right. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Roll time.